Hey, it's Billy. Welcome to the Start Small, Believe Big podcast, a safe place for those who find themselves desiring to find their footing in the middle of a life change, yet feel inadequate, unwise, and unprepared. You don't have to have it all together to start with one small step. I believe as we allow Jesus to work in and through our lives, one step, one decision, and one action at a time, we will find peace and fulfillment. The Lord rejoices as the work begins. So sit down and get comfy or turn up the volume while you work out or get life done. Let's not resist that small beginning, but persist in the next thing God is calling us to. Have you ever gotten something that you had dreamed of for a long time and then it just wasn't what you thought it would be? My husband, David, had been a college baseball coach when I met him. We talked about the future, what he desired for his career, what I desired for mine. We both drove our way into the careers we wanted, him in professional baseball, me as an ICU nurse. I had dreamed of being a nurse since I volunteered, actually, even before I volunteered in a hospital. I had dreamed of a nurse since a little girl. My grandmother was a nurse in the early 1900s, and I just thought that was such an amazing career. The stories I heard from family members, my grandmother died when I was five and a half or maybe six. So I didn't hear the stories from her as much as I did our family members. And it just intrigued me. I wanted to be a nurse. When I was 11, I began volunteering as a candy striper at our local hospital. I apparently did a pretty good job because they asked me to volunteer in the emergency room on Friday nights from 7 to 11 p.m. I loved that job. I And it wasn't a job. I didn't get paid. I was a volunteer. Back then, everything was handwritten. I got to learn how to write lab slips and how to get um, supplies from the supply closet. I got to take patients to x-ray, to surgery, to the morgue. There was a lot that I got to do in that. It prepared me to be ready for nursing school. I loved nursing school. Before I even graduated, I had been working in a hospital in their ICUs. And I applied before graduation to a nursing program at the hospital. While I was still working as a nursing assistant, I had confidence that I was going to pass the nurse's state exam and become an RN. I went in um, to this program, excited about what was to come. I began this extensive training in this cross um, program, this cross-departmental program that that uh, gave us experience. I don't know why I can't spit these words out. I'm, I just was such a great time. We got experience in the emergency room and the ICUs, in the step-down units. We got to experience a lot. I was also studying for my state nursing exam, and I felt like this experience was just preparing me to pass and to earn a position in in one of the units that we were being trained in. I passed the nursing exam, I passed the training program, and I earned a full-time position in the medical ICU. 
just recently, I got to reunite with a friend who I worked in the ICU with, and she was my mentor. She stepped into my life in such an amazing way. Her name was Kathy, and Kathy just became this big sister nursing mentor. She had been nursing at that time for quite a few years, and she just was an amazing cornerstone of all that I wanted to do. She was helping me build that foundation. I loved nursing. I loved some of the nurses that I worked with. But the politics in the unit, I'm sure all of you can relate to this that have any sort of job, is that politics stepped in. I was young, I was inexperienced, and it was not what I expected. I just wanted to take care of patients, not bicker about who worked when, who was in charge, who didn't come to work, who did come to work, who was prepared, who wasn't prepared. The gossip, the side talks, the the detriment that was done to human beings' spirits. I've worked in quite a few different hospitals and offices, and I hate to say it, but a lot of that exists in a lot of places. You can always find that gem of a person where you're working or people where you're working, but it's not quite what you expected it, it to be. I kept trying to make it work. I kept trying to be satisfied at my work, but I was not satisfied in what I was doing and what I thought I always wanted. I wasn't satisfied. I didn't find any piece of my life that made me know that this is exactly what God wanted me to continue to do. I want to read today from John 4, 14. Whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. When the Samaritan woman in the Bible encountered Jesus at the well, she had gone there to do her daily work. She had gone there at a time of day where there would be no bickering, there would be no gossip, there would be no talk, no um, politically uh, crazy experiences because she went at noon. There was nobody there. She went just to retrieve water, just to do the job. She was going to that well to get what she knew would sustain sustain and satisfy her, the need for water to drink, to bathe, to cook. She was shocked when she walked up on this well, and there was a man there, not just a man, but a Jewish man. She was shocked to see Jesus sitting by the well. Men and women were not alone unless married during that time. And during that time, the Jews and Samaritans did not like each other. The Jews called the Samaritans an unclean race. Racial tensions, even in the time of Jesus. So Jesus was sitting at the well, and when one came to retrieve the water, Jesus asked her for a drink. I think she was even more shocked by that. Jesus told her that if she understood who he was, she would have been asking him for a drink of living water. Jesus started a conversation, used a conversation about something physical to introduce her to a spiritual reality. 
Jesus did not give up his identity to minister to someone of a different race and culture. He ministered to them as he was, where he was. His willingness to engage her socially by drinking from her cup opened the door for him to reach her spiritually. A spiritual connection of introducing her to living water, eternal life, when she was just stuck on the physical water side. How are you going to retrieve this water? She's this living water, she said. You have nothing to retrieve it with. He didn't have a water jar. And Jesus continued down the spiritual road, trying to get her away from just being a linear thinker of physical water and get her to see what he was talking about, that spiritual life that he was wanting to give her. When we receive a drink from Jesus, we don't have to come back for another. We will thirst no more. He tells us that anyone who drinks the water that only he could provide would have a well within, springing up for eternal life. There's a deep thirst in our human heart to succeed, to do the right things, to work and be successful, to love what we're doing. And Jesus longs to quench that thirst. We're all looking for something to satisfy, to fulfill us. Relationships, doing something good, a feeling that we're always running after, status among our friends and others. Like I said before, our work. I found great pleasure in the work. Something that achieves long-lasting satisfaction that we're always wanting to gain. This world can never satisfy our deepest longings. But if we choose to delight in God's way, He will always provide above and beyond our expectations. When the Samaritan woman believed Jesus to be the Messiah, when she went from thinking of that physical water and began to understand the source of living water, she left her water jug behind that carried the physical water. For us to find peace and fulfillment, we have to delight in the living water of God and leave the other things we're chasing behind. Now, I'm not saying quit your job. I'm not saying to lack in goals and to work hard at what you're doing. What I'm saying is find delight in all of that glorifying God through what you are seeking. Why are you seeking those things? For fulfillment and satisfaction or to glorify God in all that you do, all that you say, all that you are? We have to leave behind our selfish intent. So I want to ask you today, What do you need to leave behind? What have you left behind already? And how has that opened up a place in your spirit for the Lord to live, for you to delight in Him in all the ways that He's carrying you to the next thing He's asking you to do? And then I want to ask, what do you still need to leave behind? What are you holding on to? for fulfillment and satisfaction other than what God is wanting to gift you with. 
I want to thank you for listening. I pray that this podcast has encouraged you to live a life one step, one decision, and one action at a time. Thank you for joining me today on the Start Small, Believe Big podcast. And I hope you're back next week for another episode. Can I ask before you go to help out with the show? Subscribe to the podcast where you listen. Leave an honest review of the podcast. And I want to thank you in advance for your review. They mean a lot. Also, if you'd like to get a little bit of morning sunshine in your inbox, Monday through Friday, sign up for the daily devotion email that I send out. It's short and sweet. A scripture, a little story, a little prayer. It gets your day started with a little bit of morning sunshine. You can find the link in the show notes. I promise no spam, just Jesus and me. Now, let's not resist that small beginning, but persist in the next thing God is calling us to. Be blessed, my dear friends. Until next time.